Welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill, and we're here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend, and that friend brings a game. This week, my friend is Donnie, and the game he brought is Life is Strange. Donnie is the host of Shack Life, a Nintendo-themed podcast. He's also the host of Xbox Empire. He's obviously a big fan of video games, but he also is a huge fan of horror movies. In fact, when I spoke to Donnie, actually, well, the first time I spoke to Donnie, I saw in the background a Chucky doll, and I didn't I didn't notice it at the very beginning of the discussion. And about halfway through the discussion, I noticed it, and man, it, I was creeped out for the rest of our discussion by the Chucky doll sitting in the in the background, just kind of staring at me. Uh, it kind of freaked me out. And then, of course, later on, when I looked at his Twitter, I saw, uh, sure, he's got a Chucky doll there. So he's a he's a big fan of, of horror movies and stuff like that. I think that, that was his goal, was to creep me out just a little bit. Uh, it, we had a really, really fun discussion talking about this game. Uh, it is a game that I have never played. Um, well, I, I guess I played like a couple of minutes of it. I got it for free under Steam or something at some point. Um, we ended up discussing his methods for making choices in games rather than just trying to see each and every ending that a game gives you on these branching story kind of games. He tends to try and make what he feels is the right decision for the character at the time which I feel like is a very different approach than most gamers take. Most gamers will try to go down one path and then they'll back up and try and go down another path. And I, I, I like his idea of the way that he makes decisions in games. One topic that came up in the interview was this idea of episodic games because uh, Life is Strange is an episodic game, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But, you know, the idea of a, a, a game that comes out in sections rather than a game that is released all at once and, you know, the advantages and disadvantages of one over the other. We also talked a lot about TV and the gaming industry as a whole, as well as how political video games can be. There are minor, I would say very minor stories. I'm sorry, spoilers. Uh, story spoilers in the uh, interview, but I, I honestly don't think it's all that bad. Uh, I don't think you're going to be super upset by listening to this one. Uh, but anyway, that's that's Donnie, and a big thank you to him for joining me on this episode of 143 Pixels. I think it's a really, really fun interview. If you want to follow Donnie on Twitter, you can find him at Playin Nintendo. That's without a G. That's Playin Nintendo. Or you can listen to his podcast called Nintendo Shack, a weekly Nintendo podcast on the PSVG podcast network. You can also find him on Twitch at PSVG, and you can find Nintendo Shack wherever podcasts are downloaded. Hey, everybody, Bill here. I want to take a minute and talk about my process for making 143 Pixels. It is a seasonal show, which means basically what I do is I, I do all of the interviews and then I do a bunch of research, and then I do a bunch of uh, recording, and then I do a bunch of editing. And this takes a whole bunch of time. So what usually happens is I will get 10 episodes completely finished, and then I will start releasing them. 
Some people may not want to wait for me to finish a full season before I start releasing it. And I've got good news for you. I recently, and honestly, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I recently uh, made an early access tier on the Patreon, which you can find over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And if you join at the early access tier, then as soon as I finish an episode of 143 pixels, I post it and you get to listen to it like right away. You get your own RSS feed that is just for you. And I upload the podcasts as soon as I finish them rather than waiting until I get an entire season done. In addition, if you didn't know, uh, that also gets you access to all of my shows 100% ad-free. So again, that URL is patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And without further ado, let's get to the next episode of 143 Pixels. Thanks for listening. Rated M for Mature. My name is Max Caulfield. I'm 18 years old. After five years, I'm back in my hometown. Then something changed my life forever. Where am I? What's happening? I discovered I could reverse time. Get in, Max! Then life started getting strange. Life is Strange is an episodic graphic adventure, kind of a point-and-click adventure series. That's a genre that we've actually talked about on 143 Pixels quite a bit. Uh, I think more uh, than is represented in the actual gaming industry. I feel like these are the kinds of games that really, really sit with people um, because the story is so first and foremost in the minds of the developers when they're making the game and the gameplay while obviously there is gameplay gameplay kind of takes a back seat to the narrative it was released on linux mac ps3 ps4 xbox one xbox 360 as well as windows and it has five series in it uh, Life is Strange episode one is called Crystallis, and then after that they're called Out of Time, Chaos Theory, Dark Room, and Polarized. On PS, uh, I'm sorry, on PC, PS3, and PS4, and Xbox One, the first episode was released separately with the option to buy a season pass for the remaining four, or players could buy the entire season at once. On the 360 uh, version, the episode was released separately with a season pass for the remaining four, but you did not have the option to buy the whole season as a single purchase, which is kind of weird that on different platforms they had uh, different ways to buy the game. I think that's a very, very strange choice that they made. The game was... Uh, developed by Don't Nod and published by... Well, actually, it was kind of developed in conjunction between Don't Nod and Square Enix. It was published by Square Enix. Uh, the back of the box... I mean, there's not really a box on this, but uh, basically it says, 
uh, follow the story of Max Caulfield, a photography senior who discovers she can rewind time while saving her best friend, Chloe Price. The pair soon find themselves investigating the mysterious dis disappearances of fellow student Rachel Amber, uncovering a dark side to life in Arcadia Bay. While Meanwhile, Max must quickly learn that changing the past can sometimes lead to a devastating future. And that's something that, um, you know, that's the unintended consequences that Donnie kind of talked about a little bit uh, in the interview. The game received an 83 on Metacritic. EGM said from its opening moment until its final scene plays, Life is Strange is a wonderful, beautiful, captivating, and touching adventure built upon undying friendship of two girls trying to find their place in the world. PC World said, Life is Strange is flawed, but this paranormal coming-of-age story is nevertheless refreshing proof that small stakes can still feel important giving given strong characters. The first episode was ranked fifth among the best-selling PS3 and PS4 video games of February 2015. It reached 1 million sales by July of 2015 and has accumulated over 1.2 million unique players worldwide. Now, when I read that, it makes me wonder what they mean by that. Does that mean 1.2 million people played one of the games in the series or that 1.2 million people like are they counting somebody who plays the first game in the series and the second game in the series as individual people that's a that's an important piece of information that i i'm not quite sure about so if i played let me scroll up if i ended up playing crystallis and then i played out of time do i count twice and if i played all five do i count as five times anyway moving on um the season pass uh i'm sorry uh the attach rate units between the complete season and season pass proved to be extremely strong uh according to square enix and the retail edition you know the actual boxed copy that eventually came out after the fact uh made it seventh place in the top 10 uk game sales chart for the week ending january 23rd uh 2016 it is one of the top 100 best-selling games on Steam in 2016, and as of May 2017, more than 3 million copies have been sold. Again, I don't know if that means 3 million copies where you count episode 1 is one copy and episode 2 is a different copy. They don't really go into that. Um, a little piece of trivia about the game. Uh, the developer, Don't Nod, really struggled to find a publisher for this particular game because all of the publishers, for some reason, wanted to change the protagonist to a male character. They didn't like that it was a female character, and it wasn't until Don't Nod started working with Square Enix that Square Enix said, yeah, leave it as a female character. There's no, there's no reason to change it. And I think that that's awesome of Square Enix, of course. You know, Square Enix is a company that has a pretty good history of making sure that you can play games with female protagonists. So I think that that's really, really good. All right. You've heard a bunch from me. Now let's hear the intro to Life is Strange. And then I'll see you on the other side for my interview with Donnie. 
to all of you American girls it's sad to imagine a world without you American girls I'd like to be part of the world around you driving a car by the seaside watching the world from the bright side yeah. I upgraded that from the laptop that sat on the corner of the desk with the loud fans that you heard last time so that shouldn't happen anymore <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't hear anything right now. That's great. I mean, I hear you, but I, I don't hear any fans. Good. All right. So uh, you wanted to talk about life is strange. Well, okay. Let, let's. I want to make sure everybody's aware. Uh, Donnie was like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to talk about Breath of the Wild," and I was like, "All right, that works." And then at the last minute, he's like, "Let's talk about something else." I just talked a lot about Breath of the Wild. I was like, "That works for me too." That's no big deal. So you decided to talk about life is strange. Maybe he'll come back for season four for uh, Breath of the Wild. Who knows? But he wanted to talk about life is strange. Of all the games that uh, you could have chosen, why did you choose Life is Strange? Uh, it's a really special game um, for me, like the series. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I consider myself um, you know, a big fan. And uh, it's one of the more standout, influential game series this gen especially like new IP, something that I've uh, adopted to and then fresh off Life is Strange 2, you know, which is on Game Pass and uh, just came out this past fall. Um, people have heard me talk about Breath of the Wild at nauseum, you know, so I just kind of wanted to pull a hat trick here. I was like, well, you know, it's a great game. Always love talking about it, but I think Life is Strange is has been received critically well. You know, it's got good reviews and stuff and people kind of know about it, but I, for all the years that I've been playing this game, I only know two other people that actually play the games too. And a lot of people have tried it and not done it or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, let me bring something new to the table so we can't spice it up a little. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, th here, here's my extent. Uh, here's the extent of my knowledge of Life is Strange. I am aware that it has a cool art style. Mm -hmm. And I have watched uh, Aurora Peachy stream it for maybe three minutes. Like she, I mean, she streamed for longer than that. But I watched that for about three minutes and I was like, um, there's a lot going on here that I don't understand because I was like, came in in the middle of it. So I'm not going to watch, but, um, uh, so I was, I was confused and I didn't want to be that guy in chat. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Um, so why don't you tell everybody? Cause I don't think that very many people are aware of life is strange. Why don't you tell everybody what this game is? Like, first off, what genre is it? Yeah, it's 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 a you know it's a narrative a narrative adventure very telltale esque you know for those that play The Walking Dead or Wolf Among Us it's very much in that in that realm. Um, you make decisions. It's got a little more exploration, a little more freedom for the player in terms of player agency and where you go and, and how you do that in your decisions. Um, you know they have they have consequences um, depending on which of the games you're playing in the series, but especially the first one. Um, and that's really that's really it does a it does a few things differently. Then the Telltale stuff. So if you've ever seen anybody play it and you go, oh, it's Telltale, they're similar, yes. Uh, definitely same genre. But Life is Strange, I think, has a little bit more gameplay to it. There's a lot of... Um, there are moments in the game where you have to collect things or remember things or do little puzzles to advance to get to the next piece of narrative. 
but um i i'm glad you you noticed the style the style itself is almost strange if i can use a, a play on words mm-hmm. it's i agree that it's beautiful I, I really love the style that was one of the things that attracted me to it um the first time i ever saw it but it's it's all the characters humans you have human faces you have motion capture so it's all you know very you know modern video game realistic but it's also like very non-photorealistic you know the characters kind of look like mannequins almost like models like, like clay um and so it gives this very stylish look it's very colorful it's very bright it's very vibrant um the game is set in the pacific northwest so you can feel right at home you know in a seattle type environment or a washington type environment it's very much like that and uh yeah i mean that that's how the game plays so you you star as um in the first one you star as max caulfield and uh, the cool thing about the first one is that uh, she has the ability to rewind time. There's a time mechanic. So unlike the Telltale games where you make a decision and you live with those consequences, it's almost like uh, Life is Strange. The first one is almost like a trap. You hit these moments where you can you make a decision and then they kind of ask you, are you sure you want to make this decision? And you have the ability to change your decision or rewind it. But I think the central theme of Life is Strange throughout all the games is that you you can't control your fate. No matter how much you think you know you can, you can't. And it's it's kind of meant to make you think back about those decisions that I made that that you made. Therein lies, you know, the title of the game, Life is Strange. I think we all do that to some extent in our lives. We think back how things might have been different or things we would do differently if we had, you know, had the awareness and had the ability of foresight to know what was going to happen. So, you know, in Telltale, I think they're always kind of pushing you to make the decision. You know, you get those little remarks and so-and-so will remember that. So you know that your your decision has some sort of consequence. But with Life is Strange, you have the ability to change it on the fly. But at the same time, even if you think you know the outcome, you don't. Like, they always have some unintended consequence that you have to live with, you know, because you can only change it in that moment. So you can flip-flop in the moment, but once you make the decision and progress, that's it. Okay. It's not like you can go back and change it again. I feel like you've just given me an important qualifier because what it seems like you were saying is that when you're playing this game, your decisions don't really matter because you're going to get to that, like your fate is preordained and you're going to get to the end and it's going to be the same end that everybody else sees because, uh, you know, your decisions don't really have an effect on the overall story. But what you're saying is that for a very short time, you can change your mind about a decision that you made. And yes, that decision has consequences, but uh, you get to change your mind for a short time. And then after that, it's locked in. Am I understanding this right? That's correct. So, you know, you'll hit a, a cinema moment in the story and it'll hit you and like the whole screen kind of breaks and shatters and you have the ability to basically go left or right. And it's like, hey, what do you want to do here? And you can make a decision and maybe like change it like right then. But once you progress from that point, that decision is there and the outcome of the game will change. And, you know, like a lot of games like this, especially the first one, Life is Strange 1, the original game, um, basically is like two endings. You get to the end and you can make an either or choice. But the ramifications of all your decisions are all in the details in terms of um, how people live, how people die, um, you know, the different types of relationships they have, uh, whether it be romantic relationships or just friendships or family, all of that stuff hinges on your decisions as you play the game, who you talk to, who you don't talk to. Now, in, in subsequent games, 
especially the newest one, Life is Strange 2, has like seven different endings. And they all vary very differently in who you end up with at the end and how you look and, and all of that different stuff. So they've, they've definitely, I think, evolved from that original one. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of the talk around the original one when it came out was all oh, your choices don't matter because you always end at the ending. Well, your choices do matter because the story that you have at that ending is vastly different. You all, you may all end at one of the two endings, but your story leading up to that is going to change greatly based on how you make those decisions. So with the let, let's focus on the original one. Um, when you played that original one, did you play it through multiple times? I didn't. I, I never have either. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I've, I've never I'm actually about to replay them. Um, I was just thinking about that you know, last night. I was I'm going to replay the old ones because I haven't I haven't gone through them in, in a minute. And I think I'll probably try to play them differently. But no, I never really replay them. The way I play these games is I play them straight through. I make the decisions that I want to. I live with the consequences of what those decisions are. And that's that's my story. And then I may, you know, look it up on YouTube. Like if I had done something differently, what would have happened? Yeah, I kind of do the same thing. Although I have to say that I was... This is reminding me of a very, very different game, Mass Effect. And Mass Effect has some key moments where there's big decisions that you have to be that that you have to make. And I remember playing through the first one and really, really enjoying it. And then bef- when the second one was about to come out, I played through the first one again, and I had the opportunity to see how things would be different. And that that's a, a dear listener. That is a big testament to how good the Mass Effect games are. I played through one of them twice uh, because most of the time I don't finish games once. But that that aside, I had the opportunity to do things differently. But like I didn't want I didn't want to do things differently. I wanted the, to save the same characters and I wanted to have the same experience. So when you play this game again. Are you going to make the same decisions or are you going to try and see the other ending? I'm going to make the same decision at the end because I believe the, you know, I, I, the ending that I got, I think, is the ending that I want to have. So by the time I get there, I'm probably going to make that same decision, but I may make different decisions on the way. I think is the way that I'll try and play this out. And uh, I think that's because and maybe your Mass Effect analogy will ring true for this one. But I mean, honestly, the special sauce that is Life is Strange is the character building and the relationships. Um, how you develop a bond with another character or multiple characters throughout the game, that's the whole game. I and mean, that's that's what brings you to it. It's the the dialogue, which can be you know really cheesy at times, but it's also like the intimate moments, um, be it you know romantic or or you know something with uh, family ties or friendships. You know like the the whole story, like the whole, the whole theme of the game really is just kind of a coming of age game. You know, that's kind of what it is. It's this angsty teen game. Um, it's got some cheesy dialogue with like teenager slang and stuff in there that it tries to rope in there. Not <laughs> unlike, not unlike like a boy meets world, but I, I think this game is almost right at home in the sense that it's kind of like, you know, Ridgemont high or the breakfast club kind of like that is kind of where this game starts off and it feels familiar. And it's real fun because, you know, you start the game and it's all about, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends and relationships and gossip and social media. And then as you play the game, it really progresses into something, you know, quite beyond that. It has major focuses on uh, mental health and bullying, um, suicide, gun violence, drugs, um, 
there's I don't I mean I don't want to spoil too much, but like male predatory behavior. Okay. Um, all of that kind of stuff is in the game, and there are themes and moments that kind of touch on all that. And it's the reason why I play the game is that don't nod to the developers. They take on difficult topics, but they present them to the player. I think in um, in a very charming and very credible way, and that's something that games don't do. Um, and I know a lot of people may not like this. There's a lot of times there's uh, political leanings, not so much in the first one, I don't think, but in the new one, for sure, there's a lot of um, political stuff in there. And that may rub some people wrong. But in the original one, it's 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 really just kind of those types of topics. And uh, we don't see that in games, you know, like nobody wants to take off the kid gloves and actually, I think, feel like, you know, we're going to have any like real topics to address or make you think about some things that maybe, you know, give you an experience that you may not have, or you may not think of, or you may just kind of put your head in the sand, you know, if you will, and just kind of not pay attention to. And this game kind of brings it to you in light and lets you kind of play in that role. And I really applaud them for that because in the world of modern video games today, you know, it's all about attracting the biggest market you can you know it's all about just being as 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 widely you know having that wide appeal as possible and and they don't do that um and and i really like it for it yeah so i'm trying to remember i again this is a game i've never played Mm -hmm. i think i've never played it um is this am i remembering correctly that this is the game where you are this you're a girl right i didn't hear your answer okay uh, you're a girl, oh, sorry, and yes. I believe you have a camera. Mm-hmm. Okay, I played the very beginning of this game. I think I got it on Steam for free. Isn't is this an episodic game? It is yeah, the first game released okay. in five five episodes. They're about yeah three two three hours a piece. So about you know twelve fifteen hours total to play the whole thing. I think for most people. How do you feel about that as a format for for games where they say, "Hey, here's the first part of the game, uh, first like two three hours, and we'll we'll give you the next part later." I think it's great when it's done well, and I think it's um, I think it's a detractor when it's done poorly, and done well meaning when they stick to a schedule. And uh, when I bought the the first one, I think the schedule was pretty close. You know, they're coming out every other month or so. Um, when they stick to a schedule and they and they they give you that cadence and you know when to expect it and it doesn't go for too long that you start to forget things, I think it's great. I think it's fun because it's not a daunting ask of the player. You know, like you don't have to commit to playing that game, you know, for however many hours. You can play it for two hours and get back to playing whatever else you want to play, Mass Effect, Call of Duty, Madden, whatever else you're you're doing. And I really like that about it. The problem, um, as as evident by Life is Strange 2, it's taken like 18 months for those five episodes to come out. It's been a long <laughs> time. Um, that's too long. That's too long. That's 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 a poor decision. So I think it's it can be a pro and a con depending on how it's done. Um, I know they have a, they have a new game coming out um, called Tell Me Why, and uh, they they have specifically mentioned that the feedback from the second one that just released is that they they. They want to hold the episodes as long as possible because they want to release them in a consistent manner. And I, and I applaud them for that because that's how the first one was and and the, the prequel. And uh, I think a lot of people really enjoyed that more. I know a lot of people, when I talk about this game to folks, they always tell me the same thing. Oh, um, I'm interested in playing it, but I don't want to play it until they all come out. They want to sit there and just, you know, just veg right through the whole thing. Um, and play it all all at once, and and that's cool. And a lot of these games have been on Game Pass, or they're, they're free, and they're in humble bundles, so they're they're widely available. Yeah. Do you, do you, how do you feel about 
the the idea uh, i mean clearly the developer looks at it and they say this is the best experience is to break it up into smaller chunks and you know play it for a, a couple hours and then come back after a month or something and play it for a couple of hours and and like that like that's the 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 game director's vision for how the player should be playing the game and we're not going to get into a whole thing about you know game director's vision versus telling me how to play a game or anything like that but how do you feel about this th this idea of hey i'm gonna wait until it's all out because i want to be able to have everything at once versus i i guess the best analogy would be uh, apple tv versus netflix netflix puts out their entire season yep. at once and people binge through them and apple tv and i think disney and disney disney plus as well they've been putting out their episodes like the old way the 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 weekly thing like like back in the day appointment tv where you you, you knew what day that your show was going to be on how do you feel about that for video games so i mean specifically with with life is strange i want to play it as fast as possible because i love the series so much so i i don't care i want to play the episode as soon as it comes out but i mean at a macro level overall um i think i'm more of like the weekly release type person um it's just not i've totally binge watched things on netflix i think we all have but at the same time you know i also had those moments where you're really into a show and you watch the whole thing in a week and you're like oh well now i won't see this again for another year <laughs> now you got to find something else so i don't mind taking like the slower you know breadcrumb approach and just kind of being entertained you know, over a specific time but i also you know, I, I also enjoy being able to, to juggle and shuffle multiple things. I'm constantly, you know, my playtimes are never really on a schedule. I'm always playing around you know, either other things or, or life or family or home or, you know, all kinds of things that interrupt when I can play games. So I actually kind of like not feeling like I have to race, you know, to get it all done so I can then partake in talking to other people. Because at least uh, over in the PSVG Discord, we have a Life is Strange room. And it's so much fun when an episode comes out and we can talk about that episode. You know, and it's not like a, oh, you've got to play this 20 hours as fast as possible before you can talk about it. It's only two hours. You know, so like anybody can play it over the weekend and we can talk about it during the week and we can have a little conversation about that episode versus a, a whole game. Because you do run into those, especially in gaming, right? You run into those situations where how long is too, how long is good enough before you can talk about spoilers you know, for <laughs> Last of Us Part 2? Like, right. is, is it that weekend? Because I guarantee you somebody's going to beat it that day. But like we we police this you know, over the internet, like, is it a week? Is it a month? What if you talk about six months later? I mean, it doesn't, it seems like it. it's always a moving target. People are always like very, very sensitive over spoilers. So I think releasing things in smaller bits, you know, kind of makes that, just kind of makes that happen automatically, just organically. You may have changed my mind a, a little bit. Like I, I, I've always been, I, I don't like the, the whole idea of episodic content and the reason I don't really like the idea uh, or the reason I thought I didn't like the idea of episodic content is because I have what I refer to as goldfish memory. Like I'm, you know, I, I, I walk around in a room and I'll be like, oh, this is this is a brand new place. I've never been here before. All of this stuff is brand new. And I've been in that room for uh, years. You know what I mean? I just I can't remember things for very long. So whenever I play episodic content. Um, I, I sit down and I, 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 I want to play. I'm like, oh, I can't remember who that person was yeah. or what was happening there. And that always kind of bothers me. 
So I kind of prefer to do things in big chunks, you know, so I can get the overarching story um, without worrying about forgetting everything because I've got, you know, the Swiss cheese memory. That being said, what you were just saying very much makes me reminisce to the days when I was uh, younger and I was in the, I remember this specifically, I was in the army. And at the time, Friends was one of the most popular shows. And I remember that I'm 99% sure that it was on Thursdays, which is, it's weird that I would still remember that. Uh, But I remember on Friday morning at work, we would walk in and everybody had watched it and we would all uh, like be chatting about it between things and you know reliving this joke or that joke or you know the Ross and Rachel nonsense all of that stuff we would have those conversations and when you're talking about a game that is sometimes hundreds of hours long yeah you know and and it it just came out and me and somebody else are sitting down and like that person had, like they've no lifed it and they've gotten through everything almost instantaneously meanwhile I played for an hour and then I went to go do Taekwondo or I had to record a podcast or I sat down to play uh, a multiplayer game with my son, whatever it is that distracted me. Now we can't have that conversation. And the like what you were saying triggered this memory of how good it was when we could always talk about the latest episode of something because we were all on the same page because we were forced to be on the same page. And I think that that's, you may have just brought me around to episodic gaming. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, <laughs> to use your Netflix analogy, right? Like I, I love stranger things. So many people, you know, so many people around the world do, but when the new stranger things comes, I almost feel pressure to watch it all. Like I've got to watch 10 episodes straight. Like we've got to do it this weekend because if we don't, Lord knows I'm going to turn on Twitter and somebody's going to tell me somebody dies or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh man, I'm not as spoiler sensitive as other folks like that type of stuff really wouldn't bother me, but I get it. I get how it would for a lot of people. Um, so you almost got to you got to do it. You got to keep up. And I think with the episodic just kind of wipes that away. It's like, nah, you get to it whenever you want. Like, I think mostly, you know, two, three hours, everybody can find time to fit that in and, you know, a day or two or a few days or a weekend like that's not that big of an ask. So, um, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed that. And and uh, our little section we have in the discord, we talk about the different endings and, you know, and then, and that's a lot of fun because we talk about different characters and then, you know, we make predictions of where we think it's going to go versus always talking about it at the end, right? We're only talking like, this is it. We know everything about it. It's done. It's actually very fun every month or so to sit down and be like, Oh, I think, I think this might happen with this character. And, and because of this, and, and, and that is a lot of fun as well. This little armchair quarterback. Yeah. We've got a spoiler channel in my discord as well. And, uh, we've all been kind, well, not all of us, but many of us have been watching the Mandalorian and Mm -hmm. each week that channel would spring to life the day after the episode would come out and we would all be, uh, you know, posting funny memes or something or, uh, discussing what we thought that this meant or whatever it is. And, uh, by the way, awesome show. If, if, if somebody hasn't watched it, go watch it. Uh, but for a game, what would happen is like, okay, the game X just came out. I'm not going anywhere near that channel until I finish the entire game because 
I don't I don't want to have that moment taken away from me. Um, my the, my favorite go to as far as a spoiler uh, is, and, and uh, don't worry, I won't spoil it because I don't want somebody else to be spoiled like I was. Uh, and, and I'm I'm less sensitive to spoilers than most, I think. Uh, but I'm very protective of my community as far as spoilers, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I moved to Los Angeles and I was living out there. And this is during the time of the West Wing was the number one show on TV and everybody was watching it. And when I say everybody was watching it. I literally mean everybody, people in their 20s, people in their 40s, people in their 60s, everybody was watching The West Wing, and both myself and my mother were both big West Wing fans. And I'm in LA, and she's in New York, and she gets to watch the episode before me and forgets about time zones, and this is the season finale of the first season. And my phone rings, and I pick up the phone, and she didn't even say hello. She just says, can you believe blah, 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 blah. And I was oh, like, no. I haven't watched it yet. It's not on for another two hours. What are you doing to me? So um, that that's my go-to story when I talk about something being spoiled. Uh, and in the in the age of social media, it's so difficult. So as I say, it's, it's almost impossible now. Like, you know, you had that spoiler basically delivered to you. Yeah. And now it's like, you can't even use your phone. Like, I don't know, like when The Last of Us 2 comes out, I'm just going to kind of go dark <laughs> for a few <laughs> days or a week or so. Because <laughs> it's going to be everywhere. Because, you know, like the internet's built around, uh, you know, cookies in your internet history. It knows right. I like that. It's going to start serving it to me, you know, on its own. So I'm just going to have to stop using devices for a minute. There's a there's a thing on Twitter where you can block certain hashtags or certain things mm -hmm. that w and make it so that those tweets won't show up for you, which is kind of cool. So make sure that you look into that when when that game does come out. Um, so let's get back to Life is Strange. If if go ahead and compare the first one to the second one. Uh, how how do you feel about those? And I know that we're this is supposed to be about one game, but it's I, I'm just curious as to how they evolved over time. What's your opinion? I even almost I'd almost prefer this because I, I love talking about the franchise because it is it has come so long. Um, so you've got Life is Strange one, which is 2015, I think, and then yeah. you had a prequel come out, just Life is Strange Before the Storm, which basically takes characters from the first one. And like reverses it, and you kind of see why they are the way they are. Oh, so there's the three one. games. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, and then Life is Strange Two, which just came out, the most recent one, um, kind of not even related. Same universe, definitely same world, but different characters, everything. And they took a lot of heat for that because they've built these characters through the first two games that so many people loved. Um, there is a, a lesbian relationship in, 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 the, in the second one and, and a lot of hints in the first one and kind of dabbling in that. So it had a, a community that was really, really into it because, again, not many games do that, right? And especially when games do it, I would almost say like it's almost gamified, you know, like it's just kind of very video gamey. It's not it doesn't feel um, heartfelt or real or have weight or I don't even know the best way to explain it. it just you know, they do it in a different way. It's, 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 it's a strong bond that you build with the characters. You know, it's just not like a throwaway scene, you know, for like shock culture or anything like that. It's, it's not that. 
you know, so it's very heartfelt. And uh, they took a lot of heat with the second one. But in terms of the, the games, the games have uh, changed, I think, quite rapidly. So the first one, you've got this rewind mechanic of like the time skip. And uh, you can kind of change things and all that. And it's it almost has a supernatural flavor to it throughout the thing. It's almost like this um, superhero teenage story. It's kind of the first one. And the second one is, or when I say the second one, I'm sorry, let me be clear. Life is Strange Before the Storm, the prequel, is the opposite. All that supernatural stuff is basically taken out. It's extremely grounded. It's very insular. It's very focused on, on grief and the family unit and loss and heartbreak. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty tough one to get through. And then the second one is more like family in terms of um, bonds bet- between brothers and like how much family, how far you would go for family. And it's more about reuniting, you know, and rebuilding those types of relationships. So they all, they all kind of like run across those themes and they insert different stuff into every game. The second one also changes the setting quite a bit as you journey from the Pacific Northwest more towards like the desert to the Pacific Southwest and kind of Arizona, Texas, New Mexico type of style. And uh, so that that's also a major difference just thematically between the different games that are out there. That's awesome. Um, was there anything about the game that, that just didn't appeal to you or, or did they just 100% knock it out of the park? Um, no, I think some of the dialogue, like some of the cheesy dialogue that gets in there, it is at times you'll, you'll, uh, you know, a line will come across the screen. You're like, really? <laughs> like, really? We're going to go there. That's, that's the joke or the punchline. It just kind of falls flat. I think that's gotten better over time. Um, some of them, some of the characters are also, I, I wouldn't define them as almost like whiny or angsty. And they do kind of set up like a very, a nice like heel persona, which I think impacts your decision making. You know, I think that's the point is that they become very whiny. You just kind of like get tired of them. So you start making decisions almost against them. And that's kind of what they're baiting you into doing. So it's a, it's a fun story mechanic or it's a fun um, mechanic to, to challenge the player. But at the same time, I can imagine a lot of people through those months are like, oh, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do that. So that happens quite a bit as well. Um, so, yeah, this it's not it's definitely not a 10 out of 10 for me. It's just it's very unique and it's very different. And uh, they should be applauded for that because then they, they, they kind of go out on a limb with life is strange do you feel like the developer was trying to manipulate you into going towards a certain and uh like a certain ending because you like the way they wrote those characters in life is strange too the newest one i feel like it is the most heavy-handed of all of them in the series so far it's very much like trump's america and in the new one it's almost like a very strong political statement dealing with racism um inequality that type of stuff and it's it's very heavy-handed very much pushes you in in this kind of um and just in this just way and uh, i think that i think in, in in regards to the entire franchise i think the newest one is going to be the most polarizing i think some people are just you know just depending on how you have political leanings somebody's just not even want to play that game <laughs> just they don't want to be faced with that type of thing um but uh what do you I, mean again oh so you so you play as um two mexican-american um Folks, you know, they're not immigrants, but their dad is right. And uh, you deal with uh, profiling like police. Um, mm-hmm. You deal with um, racism from some people that you pass by and how you're being treated by others. And you're just kind of always on the short end of the stick. And there's also um, a big like the big quest of the game. It's not really a spoiler. The big quest of the game is you're trying the goal of the game is you are trying to cross the border. 
you're on the run and you're trying to cross the border. So there's all the border control stuff and the wall and all that. So I would imagine if you're, you know, if you're very, if you're political ties and you're very involved and you believe strongly, you know, in those kind of conservative values, you're not going to like this game as much, I think, um, unless you're open-minded into seeing how other people might see that type of stuff, because it's, it's very heavy handed and kind of showing you that I think probably in the most extreme like ways it's not it's not very subtle with it at all <laughs> it doesn't feel you know, uh, i don't know realistic or organic uh, might be the right words um but it's just very very heavy-handed and just kind of pushing you and this is how this works um but um i enjoyed it i mean i, I i'm really not super political anyway so it didn't really bother me in in either way i, I just enjoyed going along for the ride but I, I could see that from i could see that being a criticism and that's the second one or the third one or the that's fourth the, one Yes, the newest one. The Life new- is Strange 2. Life, okay, so the third the one. All right. Um, yeah. So, God, these people with their names or, or their, <laughs> their games, like put put things in order. Don't, don't Star Wars everything for crying out loud. Uh, what I was going to say <laughs> is, you know, if perhaps that is like not only somebody on the right might not want to play that, but also somebody who kind of fits like that describes them they might not want to play it because it hits too close to home. You know what I mean? Like they might look at that and say, no, thank you. I have to deal with that stuff every day. I'm not going to deal with it in a video game too. Uh, Which is, which is why I think it is important that we have games that draw attention to this kind of stuff. And it's not always pretty And video games for the most part are all about escapism. So I think it's really cool. You, you've, you've, you've piqued my interest into uh, life is strange in this idea of it. It, it gives us a, a look at ourselves from the outside, almost like uh, it kind of like the book stranger in a strange land by Heinlein, you know, where they, they are showing us the the human experience from a, a a view that is not quite the same because they are doing some things that are a little supernatural with it, and that allows them to give us that look that we otherwise wouldn't be able to see. Hundred percent. No, you you. That's a great way of putting it. You spot up. And I always said, uh, you know, they kind of just hold up a mirror you know, to these different types of things. I know for me, these aren't things that I always are thinking about. And uh, when I see, you know, headlines and stories are pushing, it's, you know, it's not something I really want to dwell on. So I just kind of, I don't want to say block it out. I'm aware of it, you know, but I'm, I'm not diving into it. And, you know, this is a way for me to kind of experience and get some of that perspective that I don't naturally have. And uh, you're spot on. I've streamed a lot of the Life is Strange games, like as they come out, this is something that I'll do. And, and we'll have a, a few folks that will watch it with me. You know, they don't want to play the game, but they'll watch it. And, you know, we talk about decisions as I make them and which ones. It's, so it's a great streamers game. But I've had several people, especially during Life is Strange 2 at moments um, where they're like, nope, I don't want to watch this anymore <laughs> um, because of those reasons, because they they feel like, oh, man, this is I got enough of this in my own life. I don't want to do this while I'm playing a video game. Yeah. I, I can get that, uh, and I can see how that would push some people away. Well, I got to say, it was really fun having this conversation with you. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, each episode, I try and have my guest close out the show by saying our motto, which is that the resolution doesn't matter. Resolution doesn't matter.
The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at Pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at RunJumpStomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net. <laughs>